Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. live what is going on everybody welcome into episode number 546.2 of underground sports philadelphia it's kb it's matt back in studio we got a lot to dive into from the fills the nhl draft is on tonight the flyers continue to make moves uh, i might have caught wind from from somebody flyers might be moving into the top five matt which would be pretty pretty interesting um We'll dive into some Sixers news, and we'll also talk some Philadelphia Union and whatever else decides to pop up on the news docket while we're live here on twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. Uh, make sure you're following us, though, before we get into everything on the socials, at undergroundphi, Twitter, Instagram, facebook.com slash undergroundsportsphi, and like I mentioned, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi every single Wednesday night. Uh, with myself and Matt, you can watch us record the show live. You can chime in in the comment section, all that good stuff. And we will uh, do our best to answer any questions from what we discuss. And of course, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave a five-star rating and review. It does go a long way for helping the show continue to grow, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia, and allows us to do even more cool stuff that we have uh, planned in the works and makes it that much more attainable. So go subscribe on your favorite podcast app of choice. Leave a five-star review. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are at 517 subscribers right now. We're also doing a giveaway with Dewani on our Twitter. It's our pinned tweet, so go check that out. Uh, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you're pretty much entered and good to go to win one of her prints that we're giving away. Uh, so go subscribe. We're on that road to 600 and, of course, 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So go subscribe, smash the like button, ring the bell icon. Comment down below your thoughts on everything that Matt and I discuss on tonight's show. And be sure to follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. And of course, we're presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process, and their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Finally, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. Good to be back in studio, uh, back from Columbus, and, uh, you know, 
Philly sports just doesn't stop. The fight in Phils, uh, they take a series from the Mets for the first time since 2021 and uh, continue to roll things through into Chicago with a big win last night over the Cubs. Uh, and how does Rob Thompson reward Brandon Marsh's two-home run uh, performance last night? Well, he's on the bench tonight as Drew Smiley takes the mound. Um, but Phillies seem to be in a pretty good spot right now, which is good. You know, they're hitting their stride as uh, the all-star break is swiftly approaching. But uh, I, I feel like you can't be too upset with how the month of June has gone for the Phillies overall. Yeah, you saw a great uh, – I, I think uh, I think one of the underrated things about being the Mets in that series is I think it really – made Steve Cohen go full sicko mode and uh, talk about trading off pieces and publicly threaten his players that they'll get traded if they don't turn it around. Uh, and I loved particularly this bit where someone asked him how it felt being fourth. He's like, well, it's not fifth. So um, that's awesome. I, I truly love uh, where his head is at. I love that they have uh, not just the highest wage bill, but uh, like historically high. They're paying $100 million in luxury tax this season, uh, which is more than the athletics have paid in salary cap in the last like seven years. <laughs> so it's awesome. I, I, I love what uh, I love what we've done to the Mets. Um, outside of that, though, you know, you got Ranger Suarez turning into, I don't know, the best pitcher in baseball over the last like month and a half. Might be. Yeah, just uh, really nice stuff all the way around. Uh, you know, Brave Series sucked, but. It is what it is. Uh, let, let's be real. That's kind of what we expected. But Only series loss so far in the month of June. Which is nice. June is definitely, I will say, the June seems to be the Flyers month. Uh, Flyers month, Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> Over the last decade, yeah. <laughs> it's, certainly, it's certainly been a month for them. But, um, yeah, it, it certainly seems like it's been the, the month for the Phillies uh, this year and last. Last year is where this team really turned around. And, the history of this season will be written in September and October, but mm -hmm. it does feel again like you're seeing this team kind of form into what we had had hoped or maybe our expectations were at for them. Yeah, and I mean, the way that the pitching has kind of locked down this month has been, I think, the biggest revelation for this team where going into June, it was like, okay, like Tywin Walker's got to start figuring it out. He's had the best month in a Phillies uniform for himself. Uh, in the month of June, like you mentioned, Ranger Suarez. It seems like Noel is kind of figuring some things out. Zach Wheeler has been Zach Wheeler, and uh, the bullpen has been magnificent. Like, after, like I saw a stat, like Craig Kimbrell's been one of the best closers in baseball since he gave up that uh, walk-off grand slam to Max Muncy. Yeah. Which, you know, when we signed Craig Kimbrell, it was like, oh, it'd be nice, you know, if he's, you know, a solid back end of the bullpen guy. But the fact that he's been pitching, like, the way he has for pretty much the entire year has been one of the best moves Dave Dombrowski has made in his tenure, I think. Yeah, I, I thought it was a a decent gamble. Like, mm -hmm. and you hope that maybe his experience gives you something when you hope that you're in the playoffs again. You know, like maybe that's uh, maybe that's what you're you're looking towards. But yeah, I think um, he's been good, and you know, I I, I think it's been sort of a, a honestly this bullpen has has impressed me at times this season with with how uh, how good they've been yeah i think the pitching you're right to say is like i think started to really coalesce and you know we definitely had issues with with starting rotation i th i still think that that should mm -hmm. be a a target for the phillies at the deadline but um, it does not feel as catastrophic as it did in like early may you know where it was like man i you know taiwan was really struggling ranger was still like working his way back from injury you know it's quietly not been like an amazing Nola year. Um, you know, he's 
struggle at times and like it's an important year for him personally mm-hmm. too you know like it's it's who knows what a kind of next season looks like for him and if, if he's a fill or not. But, you know, I, I think, yeah, they, they've turned that around and you have uh, Brandon Marsh returning to, uh, <laughs> to, to Barry Marsh in, uh, in, in the last few weeks, which has been nice as well. Um, you know, you've kind of gotten that from him a few times this year, you know, and that's been the story too. I think of this season has been those moments and those streaks that you get from kind of the, the guys on, on the fringes and, uh, you know, maybe some of those support guys. So that's been nice. Yeah. And I mean, the way that the rest of the division's kind of shaken out, it seems like the Marlins are here to stay. So you're going to have to continue competing with them, but it's nice when you're able to kind of bury the Mets a little bit more underneath of you. You see some of, you know, you're playing a Cubs team. Now you win one game against them. They're a team that you want to bury and kick out of the wild card chase. Um, so the fact that the Phillies are, taking care of business against teams that they need to beat too is such a good sign for you know I think things to come with this team and as we've seen over the past couple of years the the summer months are when they start to hit their strides and it usually starts in June uh because then they remember that the season started um the the big news uh around baseball that came out this week and a lot of people were clamoring let's let's have a reunion uh, the Pirates seem to be looking like they're going to be sellers after you know a hot two months to start the season, uh, and potentially Andrew McCutcheon becoming available. Um, I don't see him as a fit for the Phillies as much as the good vibes would be to bring Andrew McCutcheon back here. He's primarily been a DH for them this year. Yeah, we obviously not. <laughs> not obviously face. anybody at this point would be an upgrade over Kyle Schwarber in left field. And I think Kyle Schwarber would tell you that. Yes. Kyle Schwarber has been like one of the worst defensive players in baseball. I do not think uh 48 year old Andrew McCutcheon right. is, <laughs> is any answer. <laughs> the answer is um, you get whatever steroid injection you can get into Bryce Harper to make it so that he yeah. can play at first base. And you can like, I think that might be the key for the second half of the season mm-hmm. for the Phillies actually is like, I think people would be surprised just the addition by subtraction of just getting Schwarber out of left field defensively for this yep. team, I think could be a, could be a big, I think mentally it would help him. Yes. Cause I think it's kind of like casting on this last year where yes. like, things are just kind of going bad for you. And people like kind of focus on that one thing. And like Schwarber has been okay this year. You know, like he hasn't been um, as monstrous as he was last year and he hasn't had, I mean, it is hoagie fest now. So, you know, like we, you know, we, he has some time to cook. Forty-one percent of his hits this year are home runs. Yes, so he's he's. De- I mean, but that's like, that is kind of the story of Schwarber, in his his, his like career now. You know, mm-hmm. he's like that is he's a he's a power guy, and um, I mean, he's one of the few guys on our team that can do that too. That you know, like we obviously haven't seen that from Bryce. Um, I'm not hitting a panic button on Bryce Harper, but like, when do we get concerned that he's like not hitting for power? I mean, like, I still I'm. I don't know how he's playing right now still. Like, I, I just, I don't fully understand that. It's, it's didn't make sense to me um, when he returned. And I just, at some point, I think you have to wonder, like, I, I, is this like the best use of him? I, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know what the answer is either. I'm not pretending like I have the answer, but um, Bryce has not been power wise what we need him. Now he's like made contact and stuff. I, I don't want to make it seem like he's been, you know, black hole on this offense, but um I hope that that's just like a little bit of variance and second half of the season, we kind of see him return to form because um, we, we could definitely use some of that. 
yeah, and David Esser um, tweeted Bryce's kind of like, you know, the the slides that they put out for every player and everything and said, Bryce has been slumming hard recently, but the good news is that his peripherals suggest it's more timing related and less physical related. Um, would be more concerned, obviously, if his strength was zapped post-surgery, but that doesn't seem to be the case. You look at his average exit velocity, it's above average. His max exit velocity is towards the top percentile. He's hit it, His hard hit percentage is over 50%, um, and pretty much all the stats that you want to be in the red are in the red, which is a good sign. So it might just be a timing thing and him still kind of getting adjusted with you know, how he has to swing the bat um, with the injury and, and coming back as quickly as he did. So um, we'll see what happens with Bryce. But I think, you know, the, the big thing coming up for the Phillies is finish this series strong against the Cubs, beat down on the Nationals at home, and then you go to Florida for a big, you know, two series before the All-Star break against Tampa Bay, which is going to be kind of just a, a postseason litmus test almost to see where you stack up against one of the best teams in baseball right now. And then your Achilles heel on the road against the Marlins. I just, uh, yeah, the, the Marlins series, yeah, like you said, funnily enough, is going to be a really crucial series because that's a team you really want to be making some ground up on um, you know, for, for the wild card spots because the wild card is competitive still, you know, and the Phillies, I, it feels like, it feels like people have been kind of telling themselves a little bit like, I think they're good and they're, they're, but like everyone around them is, is doing just as well. And I think that's been the frustrating thing over like how good they've been, especially through the month of June. And they've made up nothing um, in the division and the wild card. They're still like outside looking in. The nice thing is that, yes, yeah, some teams have fallen off the wagon a little bit, but you know, again, we're about to be in July mm-hmm. and there's still, you know, three, four games out of, out of a wild card spot. Like that's, it's a frustrating spot to be in when you've played as well as you have. Um, and again, you know, we talk about it every year, but you go back to some of those games, those series that you lose in April and May, and it gets very frustrating. So you hope as, as we kind of, the momentum of the season really picks up, um, you know, you, you don't regret those things. But yeah, like we've talked about too, they definitely have a, in terms of like travel and like physicality sort of like a schedule, it's a lot lighter uh, in the second half. So you know, if, if there was a team like primed to go like, I don't know, to be like a, a 580 winning pace or something, you know, like it, it probably would be the Phillies. Mm-hmm. I think they have a lot of those, like a lot of the recipe for that. And, um, you know, again, you'll have some crucial series because, you know, they, they've barely played into divisional games, uh, you know, especially any, any Marlins series remaining is, is going to be massive. But yeah, I think again, you know, you look at just the, the NL wildcard, it's, it's a lot of good teams too. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of teams that have spent money. Um, it's the Marlins, Giants, Dodgers, Phillies, Brewers, Cubs, Padres. It seems like the Padres are in turmoil right now, too, right. which is a good sign for the Phillies. Like, if they're panicking and then they're just like, oh, we're going to sell off pieces, that's a good sign for you. But do you, like, do you love the idea of the Phillies outpacing the Dodgers or the Giants or the Marlins the rest of the way? I don't know. <laughs> like, Not the Dodgers. Um, maybe the Giants. Maybe the maybe Giants. Giants. But, like, like None of those teams feel frauds to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't look at them and think, wow, like they are just right. Like at this stage of the season, I think it's, it's hard to say that someone is like a fraud anymore. Like they, uh, they're just not, they're not good. Whatever it is. Like at a certain point, you know, you, you kind of have to just understand that like, yeah, the Marlins, it doesn't make they're a lot of sense. They're overperforming. But you know, like we see this like once a year in every sport, yep. there's a team that, you know, really does not look good at any advanced stats. You know, they're overperforming a lot of numbers and things like that. But yeah, it's just, 
doesn't matter. You know, they still go on and, and, and win and, and uh, you know, and end up making the playoffs or, or whatever. So uh, the Marlins feel like that team this year. And this is the Philly schedule in July after uh, this Cubs series, and then you finish up with one of the three games against the Nationals in June. But two against the Nationals in July, three against Tampa, three against Miami. Then you have the All-Star break. Then you come back, and you have four games at home against San Diego. That's going to be massive and, like, can really determine if you can put the nail in the coffin on the Padres before the trade deadline and we turn them into selling uh, Padres, uh, Fernando Tatis uh, tears. <laughs> I also laugh that uh, the absolutely hammered account to you. It's going to be really funny when the Phillies trade for Juan Soto. <laughs> I would love that. Would love Juan Soto. Uh, and then after that Padres uh, four-game series, which that's the one uh, series this year that had the scheduled doubleheader in it. So that's uh, the Saturday. And then you have day off on Monday, which is very weird. I guess the Brewers are coming in from out of town. Brewers at home for three. Then you go on the road for a weekend series in Cleveland. You come back home to play Baltimore for three, which they're a good team this year. So you're going to have to, you know, muster up there. And then end of July, you're on the road for seven straight games. Pittsburgh for a weekend series. Last day of July starts a four-game series against the Marlins. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking end of season two. You have like early September, three games against the Marlins. It's the last time you play them. That could be the real like shift in tenor for this season for the Phillies. And I mean, the good thing is too, you know, your last two series, you get the the Pirates and Mets. Mets could be pretty sunk at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, uh, the <laughs> the Phillies have had a few series over the last few seasons, like at the end of the the year, that have been helpful to them. Um, last year they had the Astros series, uh, yep. which was which was tough, and also, funnily enough, obviously became like a, a World Series uh, series, <laughs> like a, a month and a half later. But um, you know, outside of that, they had had winnable games at the end, and yeah, you know, the, I, I think that's going to be important. So. I think for me, it's it's about, um, you know, hopefully Ranger Suarez continues this pace. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be pitching like a 1.35 ERA, right. but, um, you know, again, you know, you expect to settle. If he sells around even like the threes, that's amazing, you know, especially in, in today's baseball. Um, you know, and, and Tywin Walker is, again, again, I, I think he's, he's figured some things out. I, I think every... Every outing he gives where he looks comfortable like makes me more comfortable and even more happy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about it. Yeah, and I mean, we're getting to that point where it's going to start to see more rumors swirling around for the, uh, the MLB trade deadline, uh, obviously with the uh, All-Star game quickly approaching and everything. You're going to have the Futures game. You're going to have GMs and scouts at that game. The Phillies are going to have two guys uh, in the Futures game. Both uh, Justin Crawford and uh, Mick Abel will be playing in the Futures game for the Phillies. So that's of note. I don't think either of those guys, unless you're trading for, you know, fucking Shohei Otani and giving up your entire farm, I don't think either of those guys are on the move. Well, hang on now. If, (laughs) oddly enough, this is like the first time in Shohei Otani's career that the Angels aren't like 100 games back in their division. I would. I, I tell you this, I don't. I don't really care what it would cost. I don't know if we got to ship the Liberty Bell to uh, to L.A. I think I'd make that. I think I'd make that swap. I know that's Probably. not. Necessary. It's not up to me, but I'd think about it. Oh yeah, you you have to at least 
pick up the phone. I think it's hilarious that Shohei Otani is having like the best season in baseball ever, and the Angels are just like a wild card team. <laughs> just don't get it. Oh man, that's gonna be the most interesting uh, portion of free agency too. Is what he ends up doing. Who has the right to give Shohei Otani sixty-seven million dollars a year? <laughs> Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm curious to just see, you know, with the Mets imploding, the Padres seem to be falling apart and there's rumors that their clubhouse is just like at odds with each other. You have the Cubs, hopefully you can put them away and knock them down a few pegs. National league wise, I feel like there's going to be like, we say this every year and sometimes it doesn't happen, but I feel like this year in particular with how many teams are fighting for the wild card and how many teams are kind of just like hovering and how far back they are in the wild card, I feel like we could have a lot of movement at this year's trade deadline. Yeah, I think, and there's a lot of teams that I think they're going to be aggressive, and that's why I th- it is. It's probably going to be a trade deadline that you have to, to maybe pay a little bit of premium. And it was the same last trade deadline too, you know, uh, especially with starting pitching. So it does, it does. I am very curious to see, you know, what the uh, what the Phillies have to do or how, how much they have to pay and and where they they feel. I don't know. Most most important for them to uh, to upgrade with the. I think there's four positions that a lot of Phillies fans come to the consensus that they kind of need to upgrade, and it's starting pitching, adding an arm in the rotation, uh, adding another bullpen arm, left field, and a bench bat. Where would you rank them in order of necessity? R- run through me again. Uh, left field, starting pitching bullpen bench bat i think starting pitching uh bench bat bullpen left field left field is not to me like not a huge priority like obviously like shorber like if you can replace him defensively but you know like again i think that is a situation where you have to hope that you get health Mm -hmm. and you can do that you don't necessarily need a guy to do that for you Um, to me starting pitching is crucial because I really think, you know, like, we've obviously, again, things have settled with Taiwan, and you've seen Ranger play well, but I do think, like, that is a, a key difference maker in the playoffs is if you do have a guy that, you know, like, can give you five, six solid innings late in the season. Um, that's, you know, I, I have faith in our bullpen for sure, but, you know, we've kind of put ourselves in a bad spot this year with our fifth starter, mm-hmm. and I do think if that's the difference between – Right now, what our fifth starter is probably what like two and twelve. Yeah, I mean honestly, like if you have a a two win swing there, if you're four and ten, which is still bad, but again, like it changes it, a lot. It does, and and I think that's that margin for me is worth pushing in on. Um, and you don't even necessarily have to go get a premium guy to make that happen. Um, again, Noah Syndergaard was not like the top tier last year, but I think he helped this team mm-hmm. down the stretch and was like he was a good. Like bullpen guy, uh, like when they had like you know he would do like three. I don't four know innings. if they make the playoffs without him. Right, like you know he was a, he was I I think a, an important kind of guy to get you over the line. I think the the Phillies probably need something like that again this year. Like I, I when you're getting to like high stakes games in September, I don't know that you're gonna want to be rolling out you know just a, a squad night. You know I, I think you'd want someone a little more dependable and reliable. So for me, starting pitching is I, I think it's always worth going out and, and acquiring uh, a starting a starting pitcher. I, I really – I don't know if that's just because of the era of Phillies baseball that we grew up in where it was like every year they were adding. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I really do think like – look at the Astros last year. Yep. Loaded. We could, Like that was the difference 
Like they had three high level starters, high level starters. And then two other, like we had two that were out of gas at that point. too. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the other thing to keep in mind is like, sure. Like Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola can probably win you playoff games just on their own. Like they're, they're dominant enough to do that. But we saw it in, in the world series last year. Those guys ran out of gas. Like, and it's, you can't blame them either. Like they had pitched record innings over the last two seasons and had been dependent on a lot down the stretch and all through the playoffs. Like, you know, I, I think helping them out and, and kind of easing the burden there would be important for me. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, even if you just like have a, a competent starter at your fifth starter throughout this season, they're six and six. Yeah. That, that is the difference of you being in the position you're in now versus potentially leapfrogging the Dodgers or Giants right now in the wild card. Yeah. Or potentially being in front of the Marlins in the division and having a, a firm grasp on the top wild card spot. Like that's the difference that starting pitching can make. And you look at the Marlins right now, they're loaded with young starting pitching. That's performing and super well. Sandy Alcantara, by the way, has found his form again. Yeah, he started so to like, look a little better over the last few weeks. Like after having disastrous start to the year, you know, like, yeah, it would be nice if their Cy Young winner just like figured it out now, you know, like, you know, in those are the teams you have to compete with. And that's, that's where I think the Phillies, to me, that that's the most clear place to upgrade. Like a bench bat would be great, but I don't know that that's the most important thing. It'd be a nice, and I, I think for me personally, I would also say adding someone like that, I think is easier mm -hmm. and probably costs you less than, you know, going out and getting a, a, a pitching upgrade or, or yeah, finding that fifth starter, even so finding someone to compete with. I, you know, again, not that this is how they're going to approach it, but compete with Taiwan, right? right. Like compete with uh, Ranger, like. That, I think, is a different tier of pitcher that I don't know that they're going to pay for, but maybe that's also Painter. You know, right. like, he's, what, he had that uh, he had that reserve 30 game? 30 pitch. 30, like, bullpen game. Interesting. You know, like, maybe that's, maybe, again. That's one of your deadline Maybe it is a bullpen. It, it's a, he's, like, yes. He's, like, a new signing, you know, as you get into, like, August and September and he becomes available. But I also don't love the idea of and i mean this has worked strangely enough with the phillies we saw it last year with what with, with what bailey falter and we saw mm -hmm. it with stott even ranger um, coming out of the bullpen ranger, you know like with guys that are pretty inexperienced but still getting to the playoffs and like having not a ton of at bats and not a ton of the uh, you know innings pitched and still looking okay you know like they, they, they can hang and especially stott you know and that's carried on to this this year but i i wouldn't love necessarily putting painter in that position you know where it's like yeah, you know, you have a month and a half, and then you're in the playoffs. You know, that's that's a tough that's a tough thing to make, especially when he's like twenty he, years old. He's twenty years old. He's at the like I, I think it's I just formative I, years. I wonder what like the rest of the season even looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, and I for me, there's no rush with someone like that. You know, like obviously, I'm always a proponent of like if they're ready, let's the call them up. Play. But you know, if health or like anything like that yeah. is like the the overall concern. I'd, you know, patience is, is the better thing. Um, the other debate on, on Philly's Twitter right now, too, is Derek Hall's tearing the cover off the ball at AAA. How long do you wait to call him up and, and bring his bat into this lineup that is desperately seeking power? Um, obviously, Cody Clemens has been, I think, beyond expectation uh, for what he was coming best, into this best team. Clemens in Philly's history ever? I don't, <laughs> who's to say? Um but he struggled as of late, you know, when do you potentially make that swap of Derek Hall for Cody Clemens? Clemens, I think, was always going to be a uh, 
a firefly, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and every year we have like a guy like this, um, even going back to bamboo Brad, where it's like, you have these guys just that give you like two, three great weeks and, uh, you know, kind of like see you through a little bit of a, Oh, Dominic Brown. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that that might be a story. Yeah. That, that's an interesting aspect as well to, to consider is there are a few guys down, uh, at the farm level that might find their way up. Yeah. I mean, if Derek Hall continues producing the way he is, at AAA, like, that's just kind of your your signal, like, let's add the power into the lineup. Obviously, he's not your ideal first baseman defensively, um, but this Phillies lineup is lacking power outside of Kyle Schwarber's, you know, 20, 21 home runs that he has. And whenever anybody's bringing up, oh, here's a trade candidate for the Phillies, he'd be second on the team in home runs. It's like, yeah. That is not saying much. <laughs> not at all. Um, so, I mean – I would welcome the the power that Derek Hall brings, but um, you got to do it at the right time and not also rush him back to where it's like you're adding almost another Schwarber to the lineup where he comes up and it's major league pitching and he starts hitting, you know, below 200. And then it's like, oh, well, what are we doing here? Um, So we'll see what happens there. But let's take a look at the NL East run differential. And, of course, around Major League Baseball, it's brought to you by our friends at Wasted Wedge. And I want to tell everybody about a brand new way to drink shots with your friends and family when you're playing golf or tailgating or just at a family event, party, hanging out with the friends uh, this summer with our new friends at Wasted Wedge. Wasted Wedge is going to change the way you enjoy celebrating drinking on and off the course. It's like your traditional shot ski, but it's way more easy to bring around. It's compactable. It's got extender pieces to have more people join in on the fun. And uh, it's a golf club. It's not a giant heavy ski that you have to carry around. Uh, You can check out their full lineup of Wasted Wedges and merchandise at WastedWedge.com and find them on Instagram. And be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Wasted Wedge. Remember the name WastedWedge.com. Looking at the NL East run differential to start things off here. The uh, Atlanta Braves leading the way. 53-27. 53-27. and 27. They've scored 441 runs so far this season to give them a plus 117 run differential. The stupid Miami Marlins at 46-34. and 34. Uh, They currently have the least amount of runs scored in the National League East, but they have a negative six run differential. So they're slowly but surely creeping their way to a net zero. Um, but their expected win-loss so far this year, Matt, even though they're 46-34, and 34, is 39 and 41 you know that's what happens don't get into a one-run game that entire series in miami i swear to christ they are just they're they're the kings at that they're 25 and 16 at home 21 and 18 on the road don't get into a one-run game at home against the marlins uh the phillies at 41 and 37 uh they have a negative 12 run differential slowly digging themselves out of that rangers series slowly but shortly uh the new york mets at 36 and 43 uh with a negative 14 run differential and then the stolen franchise washington nationals at 32 and 48 with a negative 62 run differential uh they seem all but dead and potentially have some pieces that could be of interest to the phillies at the trade deadline but probably gonna have to pay a hefty price to a team that is uh looking to rebuild there the Chicago Cubs, who the Phillies are obviously playing a series against right now, only team in the NL Central with a positive run differential, and they're in third place in their division. Awesome. First place Cincinnati Reds, 42-38 and 38 with a negative 20 run differential. You love it. You love it. 
I uh, I got to go to Great American Ballpark while I was up in Ohio and witnessed Ellie De La Cruz's cycle, which was yeah. ridiculous. Um, Did you know he had a, a, a twin brother who's five foot eight? <laughs> Man, that is he's just, six five. That's got to be talking about pulling the short straw. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, Cincinnati was electric. Like, it, it's it's good when the Reds are good because they're like that one of those original. They are the original team in Major League Baseball, and like the the atmosphere was just unbelievable. And the game I went to was like their twelfth straight win. Plus, they beat the Braves, so always good, always fun. It's the only other ballpark I've been to actually, besides Citizens Bank, was uh, Great American. It's very, very fun. Um, good vibes, good, good fans. Had a lot of fun there. Um, I love that the St. Louis Cardinals are dead too. I feels, just, I feel so feels good. Nice. Hey, uh, about a about a Goldschmidt or Arenado, <laughs> you know, like that'd be. Talk to you. What'd you make of the Goldschmidt like rumor, like people being like, "Oh, we need to trade for Paul Goldschmidt." It's just wish casting. No oh, hundred percent. No shot. I mean, listen, I'd love it, but <laughs> it's not happening. No, we're not getting Paul. He Goldschmidt. makes way too much money. No, and he's got another year on his contract next year, and he's like approaching forty. Yeah, no shot. No chance. He he screams Yankee or Dodger all he's, over him. He's hundred percent. 100%. <laughs> Just like Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is going to be a Dodger, and it's going to hurt my soul. He's going to look so cool, too. He'd have the coolest. It'd be him and Mookie. They'd be the coolest tandem in baseball. It must be nice to be the Dodgers and just spend, like, $700 million a year. And not care. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> must be nice. <sighs> the... Uh... The NL West, though, speaking of the Dodgers, every team except for the Colorado Rockies has a positive run differential. Dodgers in third place with the highest at plus 52. Colorado Rockies, worst run differential in the National League, negative 128. They're a team, too, that if they don't fire sell this year, they they need front office changes ASAP. Well, I think you could say uh, they need front office changes. And that, too. Changes. It's a lot to... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to do there. Um, they're a team I'm keeping an eye on just across Major League Baseball because I feel like they have probably like five to six guys that could be on different rosters come August 1st, the trade deadline. Sorry, I'm just transfixed by the Arizona Coyotes' entire uh, like draft staff in matching <laughs> maroon suits. They look very, very sharp, so shout out to them. How long will they be the Arizona Coyotes is the real question. Uh, it doesn't sound like much longer, but, uh, yeah. I mean, tough scene. You hate to say it. Tough. Um, but the Arizona Diamondbacks in first place in the NL West uh, with a plus 40. San Francisco Giants plus 48. Dodgers plus 52. And then the 37-42 and 42 San Diego Padres at plus 26. I guess that's what's in. Then uh, the dumbest division in all of baseball is the AL Central. Every team's under 500. Twins have a plus 24 run differential, being two games under 500. D- just dumb. Must be nice. Just be. The Phillies would be in first place in that division. Yeah. Imagine the pennants we could rack up there. Relegate the AL Central. <laughs> the, uh, and like I mentioned, the one year that the Angels are in the mix is the year that the Texas Rangers just 
catch fire and have the best run differential in baseball and they're 48 and 31 and we did our part we did our part you're welcome sorry sorry mike trout no donnie (laughs) the uh the oakland a's though worst run differential in baseball negative 223 good for them i mean just good (sighs) it's gonna be interesting to see who gets the nod from the a's at the all-star break with the uh the the one required all-star that every team is uh, supposed to send. Uh, I think they're bringing out Coco Crisp again. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing. But they're just sending a box of Coco Crisps. Uh, to the... Sending a, a second base that Ricky Henderson stole. Yeah. It's probably going to be their first baseman because it, I think based on association alone, when you think Oakland A's, you think first baseman. Yeah, just about. I mostly just think of Matt Olson and how much I hate him. Ugh. <laughs> And I hate how handsome he is, too. I, I hate that him. he could reasonably play Superman. I he's, hate that about him. The, well, the new Superman, Philadelphia's own. I'm sorry, I don't know. David Cronenworth uh, was cast as the new Superman, and uh, he's from Philadelphia. And the other fun fact about him is that his one of his grandfathers is the creator of the Choose Your Own Adventure books. David Cronenworth? I believe that's his last name. I just I gotta see what this guy looks like. I'm getting Jake Cronenworth of the of the Padres. I could be. Uh, I'm sorry, David Corn Sweat. David Corn Sweat. He kind of looks like a mix of Killian Murphy and uh, Spencer from iCarly. <laughs> so with that whatever you want yeah cool all right uh have you seen the new uh internet game taking over the uh the masses the immaculate grid i have not i have it pulled up here i haven't done it it is basically baseball's version of wordle oh so i you know what i had seen this but with a different sport actually uh, okay, so it what these are achievements and teams that they've played on. Yeah, so they'll they'll give you from what I've seen over the past couple of days of doing it. There's four teams that are typically on there, and then two stats. You get nine guesses. There's nine squares, obviously, um, and then you just have to match each you know side. So like the one we have here, it's A's and Orioles uh, in the top corner, and then A's and Twins, and then A's and three thousand plus hits. Uh, in your career batting and then it's Orioles Padres Padres twins and then Padres 3,000 plus career hits and then 500 plus home runs career batting for an Orioles player a twins player and then also matching the 500 plus home runs career and 3,000 plus 500 hits career. home runs that's uh, not that many yeah I was gonna say like that's like uh that's not a huge list I mean even 3,000 hits is not uh not exactly what I would call. Well, Cal Ripken's got a no, not he didn't have that many home and didn't play for the A's or. I was mostly looking at uh, length. The only one I can think of off the top is Tony Gwynn for Padres and three thousand Tony, plus. Tony Gwynn is a good. He's uh, a good guess. Which you got to be careful with these because there was one the other day that was. Uh, Cliff Lee and there's two Cliff Lees in Major League Baseball history. Didn't Joe Mauer? Did he go somewhere else? 
Um, I don't remember. No, nah, I'm not willing to lock in a lock in a a lock there. I'm trying to think of uh, I cannot think of an Orioles player that 500 career home runs. Nor can I think of a, a Twins player that has done it either. That one is going to get me. 3,000 hits as an Oakland A. Go, go, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's career, so it doesn't necessarily Yeah, it doesn't have necessarily to be... have to be someone that um, didn't. No. That's not immediate. Immediately, no to myself. I'm so now. Okay, so now I'm trying to think of maybe guys that were great and then ended their career on these teams. Right. Maybe that's um, maybe that's where that uh, the Twins Padres one is. That's it's like I on the you, tip of my tongue, and I can't. That is think also of who it is. could not go from like two just drastically different yeah. worlds uh, than those two those two posts. That's like the the whole tweet where it's like you think of two teams that never play each other. It's yeah. the Twins and Padres. Yeah. Orioles and A's. An Orioles and A's player. Uh, Orioles and Padres. Manny Machado, maybe. Yes. There we go. There we We're go. on the board. <laughs> We're on the board again. Feels like Hollywood Squares. Jesus. Um, and as we do this, the Flyers pick is in, so we will give you the the live announcement of who the Flyers pick is at number seven. They did not trade up. So does the bottom right corner have to be someone with 3,000 hits and 500 home yeah. runs? I mean that could be that could be quite a few uh quite a few contenders. Let's see here. How will they disappoint us? Look at that Flyers alumni group. <laughs> it's like a reunion. I just I cannot believe <laughs> This is tough to watch in a lot of ways. But how funny is it gonna be? If this is the one universe where this works, that Jonesy is the guy. <laughs> well, there's like that uh, that Russian guy, right? Yeah, he's Michel. supposed to go number two before, you know, <laughs> you know, we all know what happened, but <laughs> he's still available. There it is. is that they got the Russian. Yeah. Okay. That feels like, um, from what I know, very limited good research is like a good move, I think. I don't know. I will let, I will let other people be the judge. But from Matt Vey Mitchkov. Yeah. I'm going to see if we can live call Dylan Mazzola right now. I uh, From what I read from other people that know much more about hockey, um, this is like good. Cause I, th- I, th- I think he was genuinely supposed to be like a top three pick before uh, – before everything kicked off. Also, ask him uh, any... Uh... <laughs> there it is. Uh, you're live on the pod right now. Um, give us your intel on the newest flyer. 
the newest flyer is the second best player in this draft class. The only reason he went so low is because he has a contract with KHL to 2026. But I believe in the past there are ways to get out of that, whether he defects or the Flyers. No, Dad. Or, or if the Flyers pay money. Um, either way, though, if you look up highlights for anyone listening, his talent is second to none. Some people have him rated as the second best prospect ever out of the red country, second to Alexander Ovechkin. So take that with a grain of salt. We'll have to wait and see. He might not come here for three years, but I think it's a perfect scenario because if he does take three years to come here, that gives you three years to stock the um, cupboards, you know? I, I, I think, Kyle, this could be the next, like, Panarin, you know? He came over. Well, actually later, like 25, 26, but he was a medium superstar. So the KHL is the second or third best league in the world as well. So it's not like it's hurting his development, saying playing against grown men in Russia. I mean, so it sucks being in communist land. But You're telling me if he joins the Wagner group, <laughs> he, no, he could be a flyer like sooner rather than later. Yeah, he'll be in Belarus and get him over here. But no, <laughs> this is incredible. The Flyers have another first-round pick. They might have another another first-round pick from what I'm reading, so I'm very happy. So, yeah, this is awesome. There <laughs> it is. Had to get the live intel on the pod. Dude, it's great. It's. I mean, when's the last time the Flyers actually took the best talent available? Granted, it might be risky, you know? Like, they didn't go with the safe pick for once, and that's all That's all you could ask for as a fan. I think I'll just say the, the defective line that both Matt and I say whenever we talk about the Flyers, and we'll say that that pick was Keith Primo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy boy right now. There it is. Dylan Mazzola's live intel of the Flyers' latest number one pick. Yeah. Well, there we go. There it is. Nice. Good job. <laughs> He's the Dario of, yeah. of the Flyers. Yeah, good to hear. Um, Back to the Immaculate Grid as we joggle our brains. I keep wanting to say Mike Schmidt for the bottom right, but I don't know if he had 3,000 hits. Go for it. Go for it. I think that's a reasonable guess. It doesn't have to be one person or if anyone fits the category. Anyone that fits okay. the category. Yeah. I would I'm say... I'm like um, trying to think of people who had 500 home runs. A-Rod, maybe? Did he get to three? I think he got to 3,000. He might have. There it is. We're just Alright. Orioles five hundred plus home runs. It has to be someone that was good somewhere else. Because like, there's no one coming yeah. to mind that like spent, you know, seven, eight years as an Oriole and was doing that. So I'm just Rafael Palmero. That could be that could be our man. There it is money okay now the twins the twins are <laughs> fucking us ah man it's hard for me to think of a lot of like notable twins players in my lifetime uh and then reaching beyond that is truly just a journey and a twin that hit 500 again has to has to be a situation where they were they did were... jim tomey play for the twins and he played white Sox and Cleveland. I think that's a I think he might have. I think that's a good guess. I would go Jim Tommy. 
Look at us. Easy. Never in doubt. Uh, a twin Padre. I want to say there was a pitcher recently. Am I crazy? I don't think you are. Um, wasn't there a pitcher recently that was between the two? I could be. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But did Tory Hunter ever play for the Padres? I have no idea. Play for the Angels. I know that. Who, would, who on earth would play for the Orioles and the A's? That's Those are tough assignments. Mm-hmm. They're not easy places. Orioles and A's. Didn't, uh... No. I'm just thinking orange. I was going to say Pablo Sandoval. He did not play. I don't think he... Uh, I don't think he found his way. Twins and A's is also throwing me for like one hell of a loop. Who is like retiring as an A, having played somewhere else? Who's who's doing that? Who breaks out with the A's and has a great career after? Who's doing that? I mean, Mark McGuire. Did he get to three? I don't know. Off the top of my head, I really don't know. I don't hate to guess, though. Didn't it? Am I crazy? Didn't Sammy Sosa play for the Orioles? He might have. Did he end up on the A's? Because he, like, you know. No. Oh, man. Well, there's <laughs> there's our late 90s home run race uh, <laughs> home run race guesses out the window. Um, and a twin and a Padre. Twin and an A. Orioles A's. Three thousand hits, I'm now I couldn't tell you. Who are Hank Aaron's teams? Braves. Braves, Brewers. Brewers. Why am I imagining him in an athletics uniform? Am I imagining that? I think so. I'm imagining that. Did Ricky Henderson get to three? No, I don't think he did either. Did he play for the Orioles? <laughs> <laughs> it might have. You could tell me. You could tell me anything at this point, and I, I might believe it. Um, Padre and Twin. Did Trevor Hoffman pitch for the Twins? I can't remember if he was like a career Padre. I feel like he was a career Padre. He may, like maybe did one or two years somewhere else, but I really do. Twins would be a strange place mm-hmm. for him to have ended up. 
But again, I don't hate to guess. Let's give it a whirl. We already missed it being immaculate. and A's who would be sick enough to do this no clue I'm stumped I'm gonna try uh, Ricky Henderson nope wow tough we don't get even answers. No, oh. that's the the worst part. So Come now on. now we got to Google the answers. Come that on, we missed. Uh, Oakland A's. Three thousand hits. Here we go. There are five players. Oh, Gary Sanchez. Oh, motherfucker. Uh, five players who played for the Minnesota Twins and San Diego Padres. Nelson Cruz, wow. Dave Winfield, Gary Sanchez, Emilio Pagan, and Taylor Rogers. Ricky Henderson was 3,000 in the A's. God damn it. Uh, Miguel Tejada was Orioles oh, A's. Oh, come on. Eddie Murray was Orioles 500-plus career home runs. Would have not. I'm glad. Sonny Gray, Twins A's. Was that who I was thinking of? Maybe. No, I was thinking of someone. I was thinking of a pitcher from Twins Padres. Which I, I guess, I again. Twins just... 500 plus career home runs. Also, Harmon Killebrew. Yeah. yeah. Here are the five players who played for the Orioles and the A's. Reggie Jackson, Harold Baines, Miguel Tejada. Buddy Groom, and here's one for the all name team list, Matt. Baby Doll Jacobson. Disgusting. <laughs> Love it. Uh, let's see. Five players who played for the Twins and A's. Oh, there's a tough one on the Oakland A's with 3,000 career hits. Ty Cobb. Oh. Didn't, do not associate Ty Cobb with no. the A's in my defense at all. Twins A's. Sonny Gray, Trevor Plouffe. Kurt Suzuki, Terry Steinbeck, and Trevor May. That's a tough scene. And then Twins Padres, Nelson Cruz, Dave Winfield, Taylor Rogers, Emilio Pagan, Gary Sanchez. It's always Gary Sanchez, dude. Oh, the other Minnesota twin of 500-plus career home runs, David Ortiz. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Luckily, we got that one. We all, we all think of... Uh... Oh, man. And then just the list of 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. Hank Aaron, which we should have got that. Yeah. Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Willie Mays, Eddie Murray, Rafael Palmero, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Shout out to us. We'll be better next time. We'll Maybe. Be better next time. Hey, you know what? 50%. I live bad. with that. I live with that. Not bad. That gets you in the Hall of Fame for sure. That's 100%. You get in the Hall of Fame with almost like 28%. Um, 
we'll shift to the Flyers again real quick. It's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I've got the new uh, Kenny merch on. They've got a whole new merch line uh, that they just dropped with their brand new rebrand. Uh, gold tops on the cans now, and it's 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, just 10 grams of carbs. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the all-new and improved Kenny Tracker. See who's got Kenwood on tap in the Philadelphia area. Or you can buy it at your local Philadelphia area liquor store. Light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet. Must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. On top of the draft happening tonight, uh, Kevin Hayes' tenure as a flyer has come to an end. Traded for a six-round pick. And I was get, as I was getting ready for today's show, Matt, I, I thought of a – a comparison of Kevin Hayes' tenure with the Philadelphia Flyers. It eerily reminds me of Jonathan Papelbon, just less problematic. Yeah. Where yeah. Kevin Hayes wasn't grabbing his junk at the fans, but he came here in hopes of winning, kind of trying to reinvigorate the franchise a little bit, and the Flyers just continued to fall more and more apart, where when Papelbon signed here, it was like, oh, you know, we're coming off a 102-win season, you know, we're still loaded with plenty of players and everything, and then the injury bug hits the Phillies and they fall into their decade-long decline. But Kevin Hayes uh, definitely fit Philadelphia, I would say, um, and it's going to suck losing, you know, the, the good person that he is. Um, but I think giving him an opportunity to win at this point in his career is much more important for him. Um, and then the Flyers, you know, try to get off some of that salary and hyperspeed this rebuild yeah yeah um seems like that's the the hard turn that we're making so nice Much i don't love retaining uh 50 of his yeah. salary for uh three more years but and only getting a six round pick for it that's nice it's thanks nice. it's nice when you have to pay for the mistakes of, uh, <laughs> of the people that came before you it's always a good feeling and uh tory krug was just like yeah i'm not waiving my no trade clause to go there um so the Flyers are still in that point of view of NHL players, but it also seems like Tony D'Angelo's on his way out uh, by the beginning of July, hopefully. We'll miss him. Um, shout out Chuck Fletcher for fucking up the contract, and that's why he can't get traded right now. Um, and it also seems like Travis Sandheim is on his way out. Um, nobody's biting yet, though, but he's been in plenty of trade talks over the past couple of days, so... Let's get this rebuild rolling, and I, I just love that Danny Briere just does not give a fuck. Like, he's just like, everybody's on the table. Good. We're, we're going to clean house, and I think that is the smartest thing anybody in charge of the Flyers has done over the last decade plus. When your competition has mostly been Chuck Fletcher, though, you know, fair enough. So, uh, shout out to Kevin Hayes, and uh, best of luck in St. Louis, brother. Um Somebody who seems like they're staying, though, Matt, might want to crack open some Kennys. Uh, seems like James Harden's sticking around. Sure. Awesome. <laughs> Love hearing all year about how he's leaving, and then uh, it turns out nobody wants to pay him. He's like, actually, I feel he doesn't sound so bad. And uh, we lose two second-round picks because of that, too. Awesome. So cool. Oh, well. I, I mean, Harden returning is better than uh, the alternative. Him leaving would be a disaster. So, yeah. You know, it's uh, ultimately uh, a good thing. But it is nice that we spent like three and a half months uh, <laughs> listening to the top plugged-in NBA reporters talk about Harden leaving this summer. That's awesome. And then uh, Brian Windhorst uh, 
fumbling his words on live television, talking about Damian Lillard not wanting to uh, rush the seventy, the six, the the Trailblazers into anything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, I think with Dame, and I think with with other guys, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like a trade deadline thing mm-hmm. rather than a free agency. I think it's might even be the same with Tobias. I think that might be a Maybe a move you explore in February rather than... Yeah, I mean, the value July. right now is just crumble cookies. Well, I'll tell you that. I mean, they're pretty good cookies, so <laughs> say that much. Did you... Uh, <laughs> I saw the, the latest development with that. He said if uh, Tobias sticks around or whatever, everybody gets free crumble cookies. And then somebody posted uh, an article that Tobias is a, an affiliate with crumble cookies. Yeah, so he like... He's uh, building his brand. Nice. Listen, fair enough. The and man his, reads books. His quote was not that bad either. I think no. It got, it got aggregated a little bit, but um, really not that great. Like, listen, Tobias, fine player. Uh, don't Good really have dude. Ill will towards him, honestly. And I think he's still going to show up and, like, play. It's not going to be a Ben Simmons situation yeah. where it turns really toxic and, you know, doesn't come back and whatever. So, fair enough. I, I think and Daryl Morey has shown a willingness to be patient and find the right deal. Like, he, he sat on his hands with Ben Simmons until Harden was available. And that was ultimately, I think, the most maximized you're going to get uh, for, for Ben Simmons' town. So don't be too shocked if the same happens to Tobias. Daryl also loves tweeting Simpsons gifts uh, in regards to Keith Pompey. Yeah, he's such a he's <laughs> such a Simpsons guy. He honestly is. Uh, last bit here uh, with the Philadelphia Union. It's brought to you by our awesome friends at Tomahawk Shades. I've been wearing the blue light glasses all episode. Uh, to protect my eyes from those blue light rays coming out of my screens. You guys can get the sunglasses as well. Uh, They've been rocking with us for years now, and they're the best sunglasses and blue light glasses on the market for a fraction of the price. Go to TomahawkShades.com, and when you go to checkout, use code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Union, get back on track, Matt. After uh, Wednesday, they they draw with Orlando, and then they get a big 4-1 win over the Messi-less Inter-Miami. Um, good to see them get back on track before this uh, four-game stretch going into the All-Star break. Yeah, feels nice. Uh, right now, Martinez, our lone All-Star, uh, which is probably not unfair, I think, considering especially the first like month and a half. It hasn't been until, you know, no no like truly league standout players, I wouldn't say. But, yeah, the interesting thing for the Union, too, is, you know, transfer windows opening for uh, for European teams in uh the first of july similar to like the nba season um and so i do wonder you know that's when like contracts end and you start to see like teams really start to make moves and stuff and i do wonder if maybe the union lose a player to you know, like that's been a risk with them over the last few seasons um doesn't seem uh like that's what they plan to do this year you know it, it felt like they maybe made some guarantees and some promises that perhaps in the january window this upcoming season that that might be uh people getting their wishes getting their moves to europe but always a risk uh so gotta gotta keep our ears out for that but felt nice you know to get a good win over over inter right and uh you know it's frustrating that you had that early season loss to them but it's good to kind of get a, a get right game and um yeah it's nice to kind of pile on what is a bad team and hopefully you know to like Give some of that good energy to the Phillies. Teach them how to beat a uh, a team in Miami. Uh, that would be a nice be thing. Great. Let's uh, let's learn from from our big brothers who know how to win consistently. Yes. Um, 
that's all we got for you guys for this episode. Make sure you're following us at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review. It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Helps more people find our network and uh, all the shows we're putting out uh, under the Underground Sports Philadelphia banner. And, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get original video content and full episodes of every podcast on our network. So go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. And, of course, we're presented by the City of Vineland. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city vineland new jersey where it's always growing season and be sure to get your merch at phiapparel.co use code underground for 10 percent off any and all merch orders and this has been episode number 546 of underground sports philadelphia for matt and kb we'll see which flyer is in the front office next week and who's getting traded uh but until then we're getting the heck up out of here and we are signing off peace I'm a people's champ. I'm a